This episode is sponsored by Luminous Creative Agency. Headquartered in downtown Providence, Luminous works with businesses and organizations to enhance their marketing efforts by developing high-quality creative content, such as video, ad campaigns, design, branding, and more. You can learn more by visiting Luminous.agency. That's L-U-M-I-N-O-U-S dot agency. Welcome back to the Hey Roadie podcast that takes a deep dive into the people and places that inspire such big love for the smallest state. We are your hosts, Nick and Sasha. Hi, guys. Um, we're so excited today. We have our next guest, Patty J. Hi, Patty. Hey, hi, Sasha. How you doing? I'm great. How about you? I mean, I think we're doing great. It's a nice, chilly fall morning. Mm-hmm. We have our coffees and our lattes. Um, Patty, for those of of our listeners who might not be familiar with you, can you introduce yourself? Sure. Yeah. I was uh, born in Providence. So I'm a Rhode Island native. And prior to starting my blog, I worked in retail. I actually was a manager for many years at Nordstrom Providence Place. I don't know if everybody knows that. And then after I retired from retail, I decided to start a lifestyle, uh, lifestyle blog. And I've been doing this for close to seven years. That's awesome. Also, very, very side note, I also used to work at Nordstrom at Providence Place Mall, which North- is so funny. Another that North is funny. Alone. I didn't know that. I did. Yeah. this um, Our Rhode Island circuit is just so small. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. What was your um, like department? What was your specialty at Nordstrom? Well, I started out, believe it or not, there was a separate department just for hosiery. So I started out <laughs> selling pantyhose. Back in those days, everybody wore pantyhose. Mm-hmm. Donna Karen, I don't know if you remember that, but mm-hmm. yeah, so sold uh, socks, tights, hosiery. I became an expert. Oh, that's awesome. And then from there, I moved on, ran that department, moved on to the second floor, uh, ran a bunch of women's apparel departments, and just, I met a lot of great people that I'm still friends with. That was one of the bonuses mm. of being there, you mm-hmm. know, and just um, had a lot of fun. Just some great stories there that uh, maybe we'll dive into today or another time. Yeah, yeah. working in retail in general leads itself to some interesting stories. We should have a whole like umbrella podcast that's just about like retail horror stories. Yeah. Um, now, really quick, Patty, I've been following you um, on your Instagram account for a really long time. I love your personal style as in your aesthetic. I love your funky glasses. I love um, just like the way your aesthetic is. So I'm, j- I'm just curious as to like what inspires you like where do you do your shopping like what is kind of like your what's your thing well i like i like to be comfortable during my years in retail i wore a lot of like high heels and suits and so when i left that i said you know i went through a whole phase where i wore a lot of just denim Mm. and i said i'm gonna be denim now (laughs) and then i kind of got sick of that but i like to mix it up I, I do like J. Crew. I know they're not a local store, but I do like J. Crew. Jenna mm. Lyons, she's pretty neat. But mm. I also like to shop uh, vintage, mm-hmm. uh, thrift. I mean, I've got certain things that I've worn forever, like a good navy blazer. Mm-hmm. And I'm always looking out for, you know, little local shops that have things that no one else has. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and also, I have been known to frequent Zara here and there, too, but who hasn't, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. It's so tempting. It's- if you dig into uh, vintage and you find yourself looking at denim, like, sometimes you can, like, 
whether you realize it or not, you can pick up something that's like gold. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of that stuff can be worth some big money, too. Oh, yeah. I saw somebody, I think it was the vault in Providence, and they posted these high-waisted, like, wide-leg jeans that were probably 30 years old, but they look like something mm. that you would see. Yep. You know, today in a store, it's so it's all cyclical. They're yeah, all, all those trends come back around. Mm-hmm. Bell bottoms came back, and mm-hmm. oh, and the, the other thing is too. And I don't know. I feel like guys, like Nick, I don't know if you can relate to this as much, but I feel like women, especially, you can't find like good jeans anymore. Everything is like a pajama jean. Like I like a nice <laughs> starchy jean. Like, mm-hmm. and and I feel like the only time you can find those is if you get like a vintage jean from a place like the vault or you know a vintage store. Right. Um. Because if not, like everything is so stretchy which I get it's comfortable, but I also want like a nice structured jean. And I feel like those are so hard to find. It's true. Like a classic Levi's Mm. jean, that Levi's denim. Mm -hmm. That's, they didn't use anything. I think it was all just cotton. Mm. And the red tabs, I think those are, those are like uh, hard to find. Do do guys have that problem? Yeah. I mean, for me, I'm, I think I brought this up in the last podcast, but I'm just an oddly shaped person. person. (laughs) So like, uh, you know, finding the right like length to waist ratio Mm. is usually my issue. Mm. I am the kind of person that will, if I can find a decent pair of jeans for like 30 bucks and I'll just wear them for a certain amount of time. And when they, but I wear stuff until Until it's it's got the the rip is all the way down the pant leg, (laughs) you know? So it's more leg than jeans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, if you can find a pair of jeans for thirty dollars, I know that was when he said that. I'm win. like, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, well, these are that's kind of your uh, stretchy, cheap pajama jeans. Yeah, yeah. we love pajama jeans. I like, but when I was a kid, like until I was probably like sixteen, maybe older, like I refused to wear jeans. I was that kid that was always in sweatpants. Oh boy, because I just thought jeans were uncomfortable. And then I, you know, everybody hits that point where they go, all right, I guess I have to have some kind of style. I can't just be the guy in sweatpants all the time. And I had to just overcome it. But I like jeans now. That's pretty much all I wear. Everyone here, we'll go, we'll start Patty. Is there a color, not in just jeans, but like in general that you always gravitate toward that you like to wear? I have to say, and you know, people who know me in real life know this, and I am working on it. Yeah. uh, But I, I have a lot of black in my wardrobe. Yeah. And I just sometimes I, it's all I want to wear, and then I'll say I, it's just too much. I need I need a little bit of a change. Like we were at Style Week. Yep, we're all in black. Oh, but you didn't wear black. You wore it was like pink and navy. It was like a, a, a pink and navy. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was so uh, beautiful. I said I saw that dress, and I said I'm getting it mm-hmm. because everybody's going to expect me to show up in like head to toe black with my <laughs> big black glasses. So yep. I'm going to switch it up a little bit. And but it made yeah. such a good state because it was like I mean I'm not the best in like describing fashion, but to me it kind of felt like a little bit of a bohemian. Mm -hmm. It was that long sort of like bohemian style dress. It was so pretty. Thank you. And it really popped in a like a subtle way. Like it wasn't like, oh my God, that's such a bright pattern. It was like soft and fun and cool. And I love that style. Thanks. I was going for something a Mm -hmm. little bit different. I said, people are going to expect to see me in some sort of, you know, head to toe, solid black ensemble. Yeah. I got to change things up a little bit here. Well, I think someone, when you first, so we were at Style Week, Elise, our editor-in-chief, myself, were at Style Week. We ran into Patty J and her friend Karen. And I think the first thing Karen said to you was, you're not in black? (laughs) (laughs) Who also worked at Nordstrom's, by the way. Yeah, right? The three of us. It was like a little Nordstrom chickadee party. But I totally get the black thing. I worked for MAC Cosmetics, which is like a a makeup brand, if anyone doesn't know what that is. And their dress code was like black from head to toe. Mm -hmm. 
So mm-hmm. I just, everything in my wardrobe was black. It didn't matter what it was. And if I went shopping, it doesn't matter what the season was. I wore black only, like exclusively. And since, you know, being lucky enough to have a job here at Providence Media with um, the magazines and doing this podcast, I've been trying to like lighten my my outfits a little bit. So I try to do something a little funky or like a fun color and it's taken me some time, but I always try like, I don't know if you ever feel this way, Patty, but I'll be in a store and I'll see like a shirt that has like a really fun, like crazy print on it. Like it'll have like flamingos on it. And I'm like, I love this. I'm going to wear this. It's going to be great. It's going to be perfect. And then I wear it and I'm like, what the heck? I should not have got, this was a bad, bad mistake. Like where's my black shirt? Like I don't (laughs) like this. So I've realized through trial and error that patterns are not my thing unless they're plaid. Plaid I can do. Mm-hmm. But I just like sort of neutral colors and I try to stick away from black now. How about you, Nick? Well, <laughs> I don't I don't really veer away from black much. I'm a very <laughs> uh, monochromatic. Mm-hmm. Like I have a khaki colored Carhartt hat that I wear pretty much every single day. I was going to say, I don't think I've ever seen you without that hat. <laughs> and uh, usually black. Like if I could just go and buy like 30 black t-shirts and just swap those out every day with a pair of jeans like mm-hmm. i would just do that all the time and i typically do it's something simple. very similar uh i like not really having to think about my wardrobe when mm. i wake up in the morning I, you know if i could just go in my closet and say jeans t-shirt throw my hat on hat. call it a day <laughs> um the only place i really spend so like the i guess i can say two places where you're talking about the crazy prints on stuff mm-hmm. um the only time I do that is golf. Oh, so like shoot. that's where you can get away with like a silly shirt oh, yeah. mm-hmm. or like some kind of mm-hmm. weird print on it or mm-hmm. whatever. Or like, like a funky color. Yeah, it's yeah. just kind of the thing for a lot of golf stuff. It's either solid colors or like something wacky. Yeah. So I do to, that. Yeah, you kind of have to. And there's something to be said, like you were saying, there's something really to be said for having a uniform. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people do do that because they don't want to stress and say, totally, you know, you open your closet and say, what the heck, mm-hmm. you know, what am I going to wear today? But oh yeah, half my closet is stuff that I said, oh, this is going to be great. Yuck. This is, I'm going to wear this. <laughs> this is going to be my favorite thing. And then I wear it once or I put it on and I'm like, this is no. all wrong. What was I thinking? No. And you never, and it never sees the light of mm-hmm. day ever again. Or you buy a thing for for like a specific event and then you just never wear it again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's tough. We were talking about Instagram. Oh, man. And, you know, you feel like, well, I wore that. Mm-hmm. Everybody's seen it. used to be you wore it to an event. Everybody's seen it. Now you can say, oh, I wore it. It was on Instagram. Mm-hmm. When did I wear this? I'm scrolling back. I'm yep. like, oh, I wore this then. Yep. It's so hard because mm-hmm. you want to like, especially, I mean, much different for me because I, my personal Instagram is, is not my professional Instagram, like for you, pattyj.com, like that's your business. Mm -hmm. So I can assume that styling your shoots and and styling your outfits for different um, events, like people look up to your style and and take you for inspiration. So I can imagine for you, it must be stressful trying to be like, okay, I wore this jacket here, but I can pair it with something else and it can work. And that must be so hard. It's just, you know, one thing I admire is my sister has two daughters, mm-hmm. and they're both um, in their late 20s, early 30s, that sort of window. And so they all share clothes. So I actually just did photos in Middletown. Yep. And I had I had some things that I had bought, and then I had some other stuff. And I'm saying, what am I going to wear for this shoot? Well, I, I called up one of my nieces, and I said, she had just gone somewhere and bought a 
bunch of fall jackets and sweaters. And I said, listen, I need to borrow a bunch of stuff and do <laughs> photos in Middletown. Uh, I'll, and I sent my husband over. I said, go pick up those clothes. Please get because, those for me. Yeah, it's different. You can't, yeah. I mean, I can't wear the same old, you know, turtleneck that I'm going to throw on to mm-hmm. go to the store and, you know, pick up, I don't know, a carton of milk. <laughs> when And then, <laughs> then, then bring it to your Instagram account where you're trying to like, you know, showcase a new business or like a mm-hmm. new product. What, um, just in reference to your Instagram, you're, again, to your aesthetic, it's always, I feel like your aesthetic is so branded, like so beautifully. Thank Do you, you shoot with one photographer? Is it, is it a family member? Is it like, how does that work? Well, my husband does a lot of my photos and we go, we go back and forth on that. I have to give him a shout out, but you know, as, as people have said before me, and I'm sure they'll say after me, you know, you might see one photo up on Instagram. That was 50 tries. You know, that was 100 tries. I mean, I'm a writer. I'm mm-hmm. kind of bookish. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of low key. Uh, before my site and Instagram and my, you know, everything, I was not in the public eye. I was more of a behind the scenes mm. person. So I'm not, I'm getting more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Again, taking me seven years, but I'm getting more comfortable in front of the camera. But people that I worked with in the past would say, oh, she doesn't like to look at the camera. She's not going to look at the camera. <laughs> and so that was sort of the running joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had one person that used to do beautiful photos for me. We were partnered up on so many things, you know, different sponsorships and promotions. She was fantastic, but she relocated to mm. the West Coast. So I miss her. Darn it. L.A. Uh, takes all of our good people. I, I miss her. She, she Yeah, I've lost a back. couple of our photographers to the mm-hmm. West Coast. It's kind of a bummer. <laughs> And, you know, she does still have some clients on the East Coast, but, mm. you know, with the pandemic and everything, yep. that curtailed a lot of her travel, so totally. she hasn't been able to come back. I did connect with somebody in Newport. I like her a lot. Um, her name is Lisette Rooney. Oh, okay. And she's done a lot of photos for me, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, some photos that I put up recently for my husband's birthday, different shoots. Mm. She did all those photos. Oh, cool. She's she's really great. And then another photographer, uh, Drew James. He mm-hmm. goes by the Drewniverse. Oh, yeah. We've used him. In... Yep. Yeah, we've used him in Hey Roadie before. And, and I did some photos with him, two or three different shoots, and I got a lot of like great feedback on that. People oh, loved his his work. So it's and that's the thing too. You got to find people that you're comfortable with. Mm. Like I was used to working with Stacy Doyle, and then she left, and I said, "Oh darn, I got to find people." Oh, was she the person you lost? Yes, that was literally yes. the person I was just thinking. Oh, I, really? I lost Get her to the here. West Coast. Yeah, <laughs> I love Stacy. Yeah, she's incredible. Stacey, come back. Oh yeah. It, it was funny because her family had different people in her family had relocated to California and I was with her. I think I want to say we're at wildflower in Pawtucket getting like coffee and, and things. And, uh, she was saying, oh, yeah, my mom's moving to California. So all of a sudden I turned around and I said, are you moving? Oh, no. And I was <laughs> and, like internally, I was trying to remain calm. <laughs> yeah. But internally, I was like, oh, no. What am I going to do? Don't oh, go. no. Is that that meme screaming internally? <laughs> or like the one that's like the dog sitting in the flames and it's like, everything's fine. Right? Yeah, yeah, this <laughs> is fine. Everything's <laughs> fine. This is fine. <laughs> do you have any, because I feel like based off of what you're saying, like you've always been kind of more behind the scenes. So putting yourself in in the front of the camera has been a little bit of a challenge. Oh yeah. Have do you, so I know like for Nick and I we're similar. Nick is a photographer. I do makeup. Mm-hmm. We're both kind of behind the scenes people. Yeah, I'm behind the camera. Behind the camera. Yeah. I'm behind the scenes. Um, and you know with this podcast and stuff, we're kind of opening ourselves up to being like a little more in the forefront. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, mm-hmm. do you have any tips for like people who are not 
loving that and then have to get over their sort of like anxiety or their awkwardness. Yeah, it's like I said, it's been a struggle for me mm. and it's just part of uh, what I do. I, ha I have to put myself out there and that, that would be the advice that I would give people is just keep doing it. Mm. Just keep kind of pushing yourself to do it and the more you do it, you know, the more comfortable you'll be. Mm. But it's really a prerequisite. I have a lot of, uh, you know, friends and acquaintances and people that reach out to me who own businesses. And I, I tell them, you can't be shy. You know, mm. you own a business. You have to be your biggest cheerleader. True. And a lot of people, either they don't want to be in the spotlight or they don't want to sing their own praises. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you... You, you really have no choice, you know, yeah. in terms yeah, well, of everything I mean, that's going on now. You have to kind of push yourself to be more of um, an extrovert. Mm. I'm the one that's exactly like that. I like trying to take a compliment. It's like the worst <laughs> thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> like, you know, I've won some awards for photography and stuff. And then like Sasha or Elise or something are, are one of our, our editor in chief we got will about bring it you. up and then i'm like yeah, yeah cool cool guys <laughs> like, yeah thanks well that's also really important too though is to find a team who's like very supportive and like wanting to because like for nick and i we've only worked together for about a year and a half mm -hmm. we've only like seriously worked like side by side for less than a year mm -hmm. and i feel like i'm i feel very grateful and lucky that i get to work with someone so talented and oh. It's true though, and and same thing with Elise, same thing with Abby and Taylor and the other Abby, and mm -hmm. we have such a great team, and I think we all build each other up. And I'm assuming, kind of what you were saying, like you, the people you work with is important because if you work with someone who like doesn't build you up or isn't your hype man or girl and doesn't make you feel connected, it's just kind of like why bother, you know? I mean, that's key. You got to surround yourself with people that are going to support you. Mm. I mean, I have. Um connected with a lot of people again through instagram mm. uh, other bloggers and businesses and entrepreneurs and that's one thing is we all try to sort of support one another mm. online mm -hmm. which is and my my like theory or whatever about the last two years is before covid um i it feels like everyone was sort of like fight or flight like this is my thing i need to be successful like there's not enough to go around mm -hmm. and then it feels like after covid i think people were kind of put in this position where they said, you know, if we work together and we combine our resources and we can collaborate and we can do these things like in conjunction with each other, there's enough success for everybody. Mm -hmm. So I mm -hmm. think, you know, you're what you just said, like working with other inf influencers and doing those things, I think is really, you know, a testament to that to, to say like, we got to do this together. I mean, especially Rhode Island being, again, such a small state. Mm. Everything's really connected, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've met different people, and then it turns out that they're connected to this business or that writer. And it's, you know, we're such a, a small community. Mm. It just makes sense for, you know, people to sort of bond together and, mm -hmm. you know, help each other. Now, where are you? I know you said you grew up in I Providence. I grew up in Providence. I actually grew up in the uh, West End. Now mm -hmm. it's the West Side. Yeah. Right near the uh, Cranston Street Armory. Oh, cool. My mom was a big um, community organizer awesome. back in the 70s and 80s, very early 90s. Uh, she's in the Providence Preservation uh, Hall of Fame, actually. Oh, my God. Wow. That's cool. For doing a lot of work to help save old houses i mean because when i was in providence in the 70s they just a lot of stuff they wanted to knock down mm. and we'd say hey ho you know wait a second like yeah. i was just at p pack yep for um 
pretty woman. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we're thankful to have PPAC mm-hmm. and, you know, the, the graduate, formerly the Biltmore, you know, yep. those are all things that we're just happy that, you know, they were saved. Yeah, it feels like um, I live in a historical house. Um, it was built in 1917 on the east side. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But I feel like, and I, I don't know this to be like 100% true, but it's just like thoughts that I've had. I feel like probably like in the 80s and 90s, it was like, all we want all new things. Like we want, you know, new buildings. And I think it took some time to for people to be like, oh, no, we like the old things. Mm-hmm, like the mm-hmm. old things are great. Sure. So it, I mean, the Preservation Society like is so cool because I get to have a house that's 100 years old. I know the history. I know the people who owned it. I know the people who built it. Mm-hmm. I know, you know, where, I mean, I like stalked the the people who built the house and I like found <laughs> out like where they're buried and like all this stuff because I want to make sure that they know that I'm a good person and that I'm only bringing good energy into their house and I'm not doing anything weird. Um, afraid, afraid of a haunted house because it's from the early 1900s. I'm very afraid of ghosts. And my house is not haunted. You've been in my house. It's good yeah. vibes. Yeah, it's a cute house. It's good vibes only in that house. Um, but that... Um, my question for you, though, Patty, is so you grew up in on the west side. Mm-hmm. Where are you now? I live in Cranston now. Okay. Do yeah. you do you have um a favorite like spot or restaurant or business in Cranston? I have many, but I have to tell you mm. that um, they opened a seven stars near me. Yes. And now I'm there all the time. Yep. I'm buying the bread. Yep. I'm buying the turmeric uh, lattes. Heck I'm buying yes. the pastry. Yep. What's your go-to order? <clears throat> I like the ginger scone, mm. and I get the turmeric uh, latte with the oat milk. Very nice. And do you have a preferred bread loaf that you get? Well, the raisin bread is mm. always good. They only have that on certain days, though. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm talk about stalking. I'm stalking them like raisin bread. You got raisin bread and your raisin bread here. And then we also like the cheddar bread, the oh, Durham yeah. loaf, which is sort of like uh, pretty close to like Italian bread. My yeah. mom's Italian. My father was Irish. And what else? Just so much great stuff. If we know we have, you know, some people coming over, I can always run over there and, you know, Mm -hmm. fill up a box with, um, you know, croissants and the lemon cake. So, oh, my God. I mean, so many. I have a lot of favorite businesses. I I hate to play favorites, but, you know, seven stars. They're just too good not to bring up. Is that the turmeric latte? Is that like coffee infused with turmeric? Or is it like a kind of more like a turmeric tea kind of deal? It's kind of like that. Yeah. 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 Well, that like uh, infusing. I can't remember who it is. It's a a bigger company, but they do like a a coffee with like turmeric and what's uh, like lion's mane mushroom and all that. Like that's becoming like a big thing. It's like like a golden milk. It's like a golden milk. I think other places call it golden milk latte. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. That sounds lovely. And turmeric yeah. is supposed to be really good for you. Anti-inflammatory. Yeah, I've you know? heard that. Yeah. I got um. There's a a a, um, a local tea shop, um, and she makes a um. I'm gonna say the name wrong. It's the Black Tea Leaf Shop. Am I saying that right? Do we know? I'll check it. Um, but I um. She had a beautiful little setup at the Providence Flea. And she had teas to try, and they're all loose leaf teas. And she had one that I think it's called Glow, and it has turmeric in it. And I was like, finally, I get to be in this like turmeric sort of like bandwagon because I haven't. Goop. <laughs> yeah, goop. Yeah, <laughs> right. Paltrow, all of that. Yeah. yeah, I'm finally like involved in that. Um, no, but Seven Stars is really, um, I mean, talk about 
smart business, the way that they've run that mm-hmm. business, the way that they've um, created. The Black Leaf Tea? The Black Leaf Tea Shop. There it is. Yeah. That's thank you. Um, thank you. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to interrupt, <laughs> but I was like, you know, if we're Rhode Island uh, thing here, we should get we a, got a name We got to get it right. Um, thank you, Nick. I appreciate that. Um, That's good. Uh, fact checking by Nick. <laughs> fact checking by Nick. Thanks, Nick. Um, I, um, yeah, I just think seven stars is really just like it, the way they've even during the pandemic, mm-hmm. how they transferred over to like um, pick up in store and all this. I I live down the street from the one on the east side, and oh my god, I'm there every other day at least. It's ridiculous. It's hard. It's hard not to be. It's mm-hmm. hard not to be. Everything is so good there. Yeah, it really is. I mean, just um. I'm in Providence a lot. Mm. I try to be all over the state, mm-hmm. too. I mean, I live in Cranston, mm-hmm. but, you know, most days I'm out and about. I was just in Middletown, and we were in Matunic. And the thing is, my husband runs, so he runs different parts of the state. And oh, he'll, cool. He'll give me tips, and he's like, I gave you that tip. You wouldn't have had that tip without me. <laughs> you got to give him the credit. <laughs> yeah, he found this restaurant, and he was running with the uh, friend that he runs with in the uh, Chipachet area. And he said, I'm telling you, we got to go back to this restaurant. I haven't seen anybody post about it. Ooh. And that's always, like, exciting. Are you going to go? So it was something that we did over the summer. It was a oh. pizza place. It was that Frank... Is it Frank and uh, Johnny's Italian? There's one in, on Main Street in East Greenwich. Oh, oh yeah. I know. I don't know the name of it, but is it, can we fact Frank? check that, Nick? <laughs> I'm looking at Nick like, help. Um, we were just talking about-, about today how um, uh, Nick and I this week were having like brain like malfunctioning this mm-hmm. week. Like I can't remember anything. And then I'll be like, oh, I need to talk about this to someone. And then I'm like, what's my name? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just like all over the place. Frank and Johnny from Italy. Thank oh. you. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. So they have the one in East Greenwich that people are obsessed with. And this is um, like an outpost mm-hmm. that's in that Chapachet area around the water. Yep. And it's pizza and, you know, just sort of Italian comfort food, traditional, Ooh. you know, pasta, and mm-hmm. Parmesan. I mean, I don't eat I don't eat meat. I, I me either. Yeah, so. <laughs> Two podcast guests in a row that are vegetarian. <laughs> Sorry, Nick. The last one was vegetarian as well. I can, you know, so I'll have pizza yep. and things like that. I mean, I do cheat a little bit here and there and have the occasional piece of fish, but mm. I, I, tr- I try to eat mostly vegetarian. That's me too. So. I um, I was telling Nick actually yesterday, I was like, if I'm in the exact right mood, I will have like a piece of fish. Mm-hmm. But the littlest thing can set that off. And I'm like, no, I can't even, no, I won't even eat it. I'm no. the same way, I have yeah. to tell you. Yeah. It's, like it's, finding a bone in it or something uh, to throw you? No. Oh my God. <laughs> even if it like looks funny oh, oh my god please my uh, somebody in my family was in italy recently and they sent a, we're on a text chain i have a very uh, big uh, close family we're on a text chain and someone sent a picture he sent a picture it was a fish on a plate still it was had the, the head it was the whole fish oh, with the no. head i said oh i said are you kidding me no way i would never be able I was to see mortified. that i'm like no thanks yeah that would put yeah. me off eating fish for like two mm. months if a lot I saw of really high-end restaurants and stuff where if you order the fish what's it called branzino is that like a thing i think that is that a kind of fish oh maybe a... i have no idea i I don't eat it so yeah, i don't know what the term is for it but yeah it was... is your husband a vegetarian he is he is yeah. yeah he um we traveled it's not a rhode island thing but we traveled a few years ago to campbellville ontario canada oh cool to this farm where uh there's this uh esther the Wonder Pig. Oh, it's a whole sanctuary. She has 
I think she has millions of followers, but she has a Facebook page and Esther's adorable. So Mm -hmm. we traveled there. We we did a volunteer day. My husband wanted to kill me because it was, this was not a, um, (laughs) easy volunteer day. They were like, okay, climb up into the top of the barn. Taking care of pigs. Yeah. throw, (laughs) Throw hay bales off and do this and do that. So. We were exhausted. My husband said, if we ever go back, we're, we're doing the tour day. We're not doing any more no volunteer days. Never <laughs> well, again. Thanks, guys, for volunteering for Esther the Wonder Pig. We love <laughs> pigs. Um, you So you had said earlier that you're um, part Irish and part Italian. Yep. Do you have a favorite, like, cuisine? It doesn't have to be either of those things, but do you, is there, like, one cuisine, cuisine that, like, is your go-to? I mean, my fallback, just because I was – I mean, I grew up in a tenement house in Providence. Mm-hmm. Uh, we lived on the first floor. It was my grandfather's house. He ultimately left it to my mother's sister, and then she gave it to my mother and father. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my, my we were on the first floor. My mother always, well, my mother cooked a little bit of um, like potatoes, and mm. she'd make, you know, different Irish kind of food for my father, yep. Irish American, whatever you want to call it, yep. stew, I don't know. A lot of boiled food. Yeah, boiled, <laughs> the boiled dinner. I yeah. mean, she, yep. but I mean... I, my fallback is always Italian. Mm. Like I said, I do eat vegetarian. So mm. if I can get some, you know, meat-free Italian dishes. Oh, it's the best. You know, I'm Your there. life is made. I, I eat a lot of <laughs> eggplant. Yep. Right? You must totally. too. Eggplant parm is uh, like a game a changer. a little eggplant mm-hmm. parm. There you go. Oh, right. it's so good. I love it. And it's, you can't always find like a good um, eggplant like thing. Mm-hmm. I, I'll tell you who, this is so random, but my, it's not even a restaurant. But the, my favorite thing, my favorite place to get eggplant, to make eggplant parm is actually Dave's Marketplace in their prepared food oh, section. Wow. They have these like thinly pressed eggplant. Um, I mean, I know cutlet is the wrong word because it's not meat, but it's mm-hmm. like, it looks like a cutlet. It's breaded, whatever. Sure, sure. Um, you put it in the oven with like sauce and cheese. Oh my God. It is so good. Yeah. It's Dave, so good. Dave's has really good prepared foods, mm-hmm. I have to say. Uh, I mean, I've been there in the past. Yeah. I, I'm, I blog a lot about food, but I don't really cook. <laughs> so, and again, most people know that. I mean, the most I can cook probably is I, I do toast and that's pretty uh, good scrambled eggs, things like that. And you know, you know, in the um, because Thanksgiving's you know going to be here before we know it. You know the yep. peanuts cartoon where they invite. The kids invite people over for Thanksgiving. They end up serving like toast, popcorn, and jelly That's beans. That's your Thanksgiving. I would say like that would be me. <laughs> me that, too. That would be what I would have to do because I, there's no way I could cook like a full, any kind of full meal for a Thanksgiving. So that's what I I can like make mashed potatoes. That would be like, I'd be like, here's your dinner of mashed potatoes. Oh, I would take I like that. Cooking. I like a good mashed potato. You like cooking? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't do it a ton because I don't really like cooking just for me. Mm. I like if I'm going to like, you know, have a couple people over. And, a dinner party. I can, I'm not good at cooking a, the right amount. Yeah. I cook too much mm-hmm. all the time. It's always more than needed. And then mm-hmm. I feel like I'm going to waste it. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. But cooking for people, I like a lot. What is your favorite? Like, do you have a go-to dish? Mm, not really. It kind of changes depending because I'll just try new mm. uh, new stuff all the time. Um, I used to do a, um, I don't even know what you would call it, but it was like a, chicken breast with like uh and this isn't going to appeal to either of you but, uh, <laughs> it's already not it's like, 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 like kind of cooked in oil with vegetables and spinach mm. and you serve it over rice or oh, something nice. like that it was, mm. it was good it's so easy you know one of those uh it's nice to have like those one pan recipes yeah not a uh, dirtying a thousand things it's funny because um so my dad is like an actual chef like he's a trained chef oh wow and i did not none of his talents passed down to me i'm very similar to you People want to come over my house for Thanksgiving. It'd be toast. It'd be 
takeout. I always say, I always say like, I cannot cook for you. Let me come to my house. Let me order like a takeout meal for Mm -hmm. you. And it'll Mm -hmm. be the best. Like, I feel like I'm really good at vibing people out and figuring out like what kind of food they want for takeout. And I'm so good at that. I love that. I'm right there with you. Yeah, I can't cook. And what I would say when I was, uh, when my husband and I got together and I was going to get married, uh, a friend of my sisters would always laugh at me because I'd say, well, I know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to order from restaurants, take it out of the containers yep, and pretend, yep. and then just put it in dishes and say, here you go. <laughs> Look at this. this dinner I made. I had my father-in-law over once and I think I ordered a bunch of prepared foods I don't know if it was from Culinary Affair. That's a mm. Cranston plug. It might have been from Culinary or another Cranston restaurant. I just took everything out of the um, foil pans and put it out on the table. My <laughs> and pretended father, it was yours? Yeah, my father-in-law was saying, oh, did you cook this? Did you cook this? And my sister said, yes, she did. Oh, yeah, you didn't even have to lie. <laughs> yeah, she did. It's all my stuff. This is me. I did this. I slaved <laughs> over this all day. Listen, you fake just, it till you make it. Just tell people, uh, I don't cook, I curate. Yeah, oh, there you it. go. That's perfect for you, too, because you are... You, I feel like you're an ultimate curator. A, you a curated um, experiences. I just did something with um, Jeff uh, from Pixel. Oh uh, yeah, Palmer, Jeff Palmer. Yep. And he did that uh, logo for me, and it was curated experiences for the road, as in Rhode Island. Yep. Curious. Yeah. Yeah, that's what he. Cause it's we perfect. Were going back and forth, like what it would look like, mm. and he said, "I feel like you." I feel like it's sort of um, very thoughtful and mm-hmm. totally mm-hmm. and and not to um, do like a full circle moment, but Patty J does um, do a lot of contributing to our Hey Rody magazine and a lot of those the the articles that you are curating like lists of places to go to experience like a certain thing mm-hmm. and you actually have one coming out in our holiday guide yes. about fudge. Yes, yeah. you just did one about cheese. Mm-hmm. The cheese, yeah. And I I do spend a lot of time researching those we were just Mm. talking about that and the funny thing is i mean that's sort of my day-to-day life anyway is if i'm not driving around rhode island or visiting different places i'm doing some sort of online research Mm. and making notes and i'm old school i actually have notebooks (laughs) i have like plastic storage containers in my house full of notebooks yep and and they have notes about everything i've ever done Mm. drafts it's it's crazy town but um yeah, I still end up learning mm. so much that I had no idea about. Places that you've never been. Yeah, it's... You did an article about, and I'm, I don't even, I'm not going to say them right because I am not Italian. Um, are they called Ze- Zeppole? Oh, Zeppole. Thank you. You did an article about them, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, where to find them in Rhode Island. And I actually, I read that and I went to a place and I had one for the first time and it was unbelievable. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was the oh, place in that. that bakery love that's on the that. corner. I think it begins with an S. Um, it's Is like, it- it's in Cranston, I think. Salitros? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Night- oh, in Knightsville. Yeah, Knightsville. yeah. Knightsville. Yeah, that's, uh, my husband actually grew up in Knightsville. Yep. So it's like Cranston's uh, version of Little Italy. Mm. Oh, it was so, mm-hmm. like the pastry was so puffy and it had like the little cherry on top it was oh my god it was amazing yeah so they have good. delicious everything there is good i've mm. gotten uh the pies and different mm-hmm. things from there yeah really good stuff um yeah now, I, have a, I have a hard time finding italian food that i actually like really? because my i am italian yeah that's true and my grandfather used to cook like from scratch like like, because my grandfather uh, went full Italian when he would cook and, you know, mm. made the sausage for the lasagna from scratch and the sauce from scratch. And everything was, like, fresh and, like, it just makes such a big difference. Did he call the red sauce gravy? Yeah. When I – so I'm from Cumberland. I don't, but, uh, yeah. yeah. I'm from Cumberland, and it's – I'm not – 
I, I mean, I'm Portuguese is like my biggest sort of like, you know, um, uh, what's that word? F, uh, uh, background, DNA, I don't know. Yeah, lineage. Portuguese, lineage, I don't know. But we're not like super into our um, heritage. Um, there you go. Now you just, you found it. Her- thank you. I'm telling you, this <laughs> week my brain is not working this week. Um, but I remember I started working at Nordstrom in Providence and I started meeting more people from like Cranston, Warwick, Johnston, more mm-hmm. Italian people. Mm-hmm. And they kept talking about like, making gravy and i just assumed brown gravy that it was brown gravy Mm -hmm. and then one day i was like yeah i was like why are you putting gravy on pasta and then they told me and now i'm like oh man i've been like sheltered my whole life from this italian lingo i had a uh working at a restaurant that i used to work at one of the new servers younger yeah probably like 18 like just eligible to start serving and uh somebody's like oh can you grab me an extra side of pasta with gravy and so like she comes, <laughs> she comes up with a side of pasta with brown gravy on it. <laughs> and i was oh, like no. i don't think that's what they meant uh, and i just you know kind of ran over you're looking for red sauce on that right yeah okay i'll take care of it and just like ran downstairs had to get a new but the pasta with actually brown gravy on it, i ate it's just because probably I didn't really want good to do it. and it wasn't bad yeah i it mean brown fine. gravy is delicious it's just brown gravy mm-hmm. whatever it was funny though do you have I'm do right there with you so both of you are italian i'm not so do you both of you like what are your favorite what is your like number one italian restaurant to go to in rhode island if you have to choose one hmm. or two that's a toughie um let's think I mean, I have to say I do enjoy the grilled pizza. This is more of a high end, mm. but I do like the grilled pizza at uh, Baccaro and El Forno. Oh, yes. Um, <clears throat> that's excellent. Always a treat. We just got takeout from, and again, it was Sunday. So, you know, back in the day, you know, my mm. mom would cook a big Italian dinner yep. on a Sunday. And then my sister was doing it. So we ended up getting takeout from uh, Rosalina in Providence. Oh, I love Rosalina. Which is good. I like their uh, eggplant mm-hmm. and different things. So uh, I feel like for Italian comfort food, they're always great. Mm. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that pops. There's just so many. Do you have a favorite, Nick, uh, Italian restaurant? Probably not a favorite. And I'm drawing a blank on, I'm trying to think of the one that's kind of near me in Lincoln. Um Trattoria? Yeah, Trattoria. Trattoria is good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the probably closest thing to my house. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like an Italian restaurant, mm-hmm. uh, like Andino's on the hill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on oh, the hill. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of Venda's Italian good, places. right? Yep, Venda's great, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you're looking. For I mean, pasta. they do both, but yeah, if you're looking for like stuff to take home and yeah. you know cook yourself, their yeah. little market is like unreal. It's like being really in Little Italy and, uh, mm. you know, Boston or New York. Yeah, yep. that, they're, they're not fooling around with that. They're no. not getting around. Yeah, I was bummed. It, was, it used to be when I was a kid. So my dad's side of the family was from Warwick. Mm-hmm. And then my mom's side was, you know, North Smithfield, Woonsocket area. And um, there was a little Italian, like, uh, deli bakery in, um, like, Airport Plaza. Mm. Like ages ago. I, don't, I do not remember what it's called, but they used to have, like, the best Italian wedding soup. Oh, and uh, you know, one day I, I hadn't been around there in forever, and then I go like, oh, you know, I'm swing by there, and yeah, it was close. It was what close. is uh, Italian wedding soup for someone who would, doesn't know? Uh, <laughs> so, I don't know what that is. <laughs> let me see if I can figure out the best way. It's I'm actually going to look right? up There's the best way to. It. It's yeah, got the it's escarole. Like, yeah, if it's, it, I think if it's traditional, it has the escarole and it has little meatballs in it. Oh, yeah, it's like, right? uh, yeah, they're like little. Yeah, I guess little meatballs, meatballs is probably the best way meatballs. to put it. I mean, I haven't had it. In 
ages, but my aunt used to make it. Yep. How long have you been a vegetarian? I'd say since I was around 40, 41. Okay. Around there. And I'd say, oh, I eat free-range chicken. <laughs> and then people were messaging me online going, really? Here yeah. you go. Yeah. Was it hard yeah. transitioning to become a vegetarian? I, I really don't miss – I don't miss eating mm. meat. I mm. don't miss it. I mean, I've always been, for better or worse, I've always been a big carb person. Me too. I just, All the carbs. Yeah, I had oatmeal this morning before I came here, and I had some, you know, bread mm. from um, – Seven stars. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was actually the challah bread from um, Bun's Bakery. Oh, nice. I'm obsessed with their bread, too. I mean, they don't have a brick and mortar, but if you can get your hands on any of that challah bread mm. – where so what so Buns Bakery is what they are they pop up they have uh, well I got it at uh, you know where I got this bread from I'm gonna give another plug I was in <laughs> Middletown at uh, f- that new Food Love Market that mm. supermarket oh, yeah. which mm-hmm. is really nice mm-hmm. it's like a boutique supermarket it's smaller so it's more manageable and they have it's sort of again curated there's yeah. that word again it's like a curated selection of different like local makers mm. they have um seven stars pastry <laughs> you can get a pizza there um they have outdoor seating and it was still warm it was a mild so we sat outside mm. but i saw that bread and i'm like oh i can't leave without getting a loaf of this raisin challah bread oh my god that's they're at the so providence good. flea yep a lot i'm trying to think um they were at the Patuxet Village Farmer's Market a few times. Mm. I think they're, and they, they must deliver to different places like that Food Love. Mm. And they were at that um, Hen House in Chipachet. Oh. They had some of their um, uh, babka. That's the oh, other yeah, thing yeah. they do, the babka, Ooh. which I didn't know about. All I knew about babka was from that Seinfeld episode <laughs> where they go to the bakery to get the yep. babka. I don't know. But then when I bought it from, uh, I bought some from my mom and she was obsessed. Yeah. They've got the cinnamon, the chocolate. Oh, no, it's delicious. Oh, I'm going yeah, to have to get really some. Good. It's delicious. I've never had it. Uh, I've had it a few times. Not a ton. Do you, but... like, so when you have your little toast this, well, do you toast it? Do you, like. No, I no, I didn't toast it. Mm. I just cut a piece for myself. I was taking supplements, and mm. it's like, oh, you don't want to take these supplements on an empty stomach. So I said, I know what I'm going to have with my coffee. Carbs. A nice, a nice <laughs> piece of this raisin challah bread. I love that. Yeah. So I had a little English muffin this morning with peanut butter. My favorite breakfast. Yeah, I think I would be like, if I like had to become a vegetarian for yeah. like health reasons or something, I could obviously do it, but. I think I'd be way too bummed because I already can't eat bread. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> if, I, if I also couldn't eat meat, I yeah. would just be like. That would not be great. I don't know. I'd be like losing my mind. That I would think. be very sad. Maybe you figure out ways to make things interesting, but yeah. I don't know. I that don't think I could do it. If that I makes would. it tough. Yeah. That yeah. does make it tough. Because bread, really I can. De- I'm with you. If like if it could just be like you'd go have like pastas and breads and things like that, and you can mm. add sauces and mm. spice things up and mm. like yeah, but if you couldn't do either, that would be tar. That would oh, be very hard. Yeah. I don't think I could do We won't it. make you do that. Don't oh, worry. Thank God. You don't have to become a vegetarian. <laughs> we'll see tomorrow. So we have another guest tomorrow. We'll see if they're also a vegetarian. It'll be three strikes. Yeah, it'll just be a, <laughs> be a be thing. <laughs> I'm curious. I want to see like some sort of overview of all the podcast guests. We, we should have like a tally of all the vegetarians yeah, we'll that came out. put it on the wall. That's so funny. Um, so back to pattyj.com. I'm Because I'm just so curious, um, you know, I feel like, because you started, you said seven years ago you started I've been it. doing this for seven years. And seven I, years. I, I really didn't know. 
I'm not, I didn't build my own site, mm. to be honest. I had someone that I brought in mm -hmm. and then I had to do a rebuild because I think they thought I was, I was just like, I want something clean, mm. clean, minimal, minimal. <laughs> but then I brought in a second person, um, Amy Fields from Hub Digital. And she's like, yeah, this is really clean. No one can find anything on your site. I'm like, oh, redo, redo time. Yeah, it's redo. too clean. Well, redo. I feel like um, you, if you started pattyj.com, seven years ago mm -hmm. i feel like that was even before like i'm doing air quotes but like influencers were a thing so you kind of were like at the that forefront. was kind of like uh would it be like the peak or like the wane of when blogging was like huge for a while it was all about having a site mm. yeah that was the thing i mean the real early um bloggers i have to say locally uh, and they don't need a shout out for me because they're literally in a superstars would be KJP and his yep. wife, Sarah Vickers. Mm. They've been doing it forever. Yep. Um, before I started, I couldn't even give you a date, but, uh, and then the other person too, who's been doing it for quite a long time is Audrey McClellan. Oh yeah. She started. Yep. Yeah. Her stuff's awesome. Yeah. She's been doing it for, I want to say 12 years maybe wow. maybe longer i could be totally wrong but mm. those are the uh, those are you know three people who've been they were the original mm. i feel like locally they and they really broke through on a national level yeah but when i started it was i was really hyper focused on a website mm. and i i i majored in english lit went to uri so again never never left rhode island but <laughs> <laughs> we love that that's perfect yeah, that's I why mean, you're here yeah i mean i Hey, you know, we've got to embrace it. There's so much great stuff here. Totally. And so much that we should be, you know, happy and, and proud of. I, I've been to beaches on, on Long Island. We have some of the best beaches on the East Coast, but that's another yeah. story for another time. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was all about my site. I had mm. a Facebook business page and I had a personal Instagram. I really wasn't crazy about it, about it. And I said, you know what, I'm not, I really didn't put the time in. I didn't put the attention in. And then... A couple of years then I said, oh, wait a second. I, I, and honestly, I said, I really dropped the ball. I said, Insta mm. this Instagram thing. It's blowing up. It's not going away. Yeah. Nope. So I started my, you know, business page mm -hmm. and I started working with photographers. But at that point, you know, I was really playing catch up. Yep. Like I said, I'm a, I'm more of a writer. Mm. Um, that's what people sort of knew me as. Even when I worked at Nordstrom's, yep. I would write, uh, we would do these contests and I would write up these entries and mm. I won an award for something once and the woman that was judging said, and I just want to say, by the way, it was very well written. Ah, that's so, awesome. I mean, that was my, that yep. was my jam. And then what I found as the years went by, I said, oh, I really like taking photos with my phone and editing mm. them. Again, I'm no professional photographer, mm -hmm. but, you know, when I put photos up of different places and now I've started to add more uh, content like that, I, I spend a lot of time on those photos, too. I mean, yep. it's rare that you get your phone out and say, oh, I'm going to take one photo, click, 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 or whatever, two or three <laughs> yeah. photos. And it's perfect. I mean, when you see photos... There's a lot that went into that. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, I might have taken like a hundred photos using the phone camera. Then I go in and I adjust them. Yep. And I, I don't so much use filters because those Instagram filters really. I don't I, like those. I don't like them. Mm -mm. Maybe they were great. I don't know. Eight years ago. But, yeah. you know, I, I, I don't have a use for them. But 
You know, you go in. They were and, never really great. No, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no when, they're, when Instagram first started, they were great. They it were was good so for, cool. Yeah, because if you, it was just some, it was cool that you could do it. Oh my God, know? I can right. make my picture Slap black a little and white. filter on it. Right, right. Yeah. Heck yes. And one of them, I remember, this is going back years ago when I said I really got to get, you know, get uh, focused on Instagram. But one of them, they'd say, oh, this is the Beyonce filter. Now I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. The Beyonce yeah, that's filter. what she uses. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't hire like a yeah. bunch of photo yeah. editors and like yeah. pay she millions of dollars <laughs> she probably has you know three four five professional photographers following her around oh, at yeah. all times right oh yeah even her even her like cell phone pictures i'm sure were put through photoshop and mm -hmm. oh yeah they probably had stuff. to be approved by 12 people <laughs> but like let's not get it twisted beyonce is gorgeous and is amazing oh yes. 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 yes i'm oh, a fan that's I'm the thing fan. with a lot of them uh they don't really need it they don't need somebody to go out of their way to like touch them up. Yeah, right. And they, but right. they just, you know, it's part of the industry, and you it's do. Part you of want it. to put your uh, best your foot best forward. foot forward. Yeah, there you go. Mm -hmm. uh, no matter who you are. Yeah, totally. Of course. Um, with your so before we started recording, we were we were catching up a little bit, listeners, and you were saying how when you started, Patty J. I say Patty J, you are Patty J, but like, you know what I mean? That sounds funny saying it that it's way. It's funny when your brand is your name. Is your yeah. name. Your name is your brand. So yeah. when you started, you said you did a lot of videos to start. Oh, sure. Yeah, we were just talking about that. And so that was one of the ideas. I We reached out. It was myself and I had my little team. It was my family. Mm -hmm. So I had my one of my nephews one and a couple of my nieces. That was my team. It was mm. all, you know, it's all nepotism. And again, free labor. Yeah. So <laughs> everybody yeah. was unpaid. Use that bloodline. So we had gotten together and we had a wish list of people that we wanted to talk with. And then I had a friend who said, oh, I know this one, this person and that person and this restaurant owner. So we had a roster of people. And we said, oh, let's do video. Yeah, yeah. And I had my nephew video, all these interviews. Mm -hmm. And again, the, we, you know, researched, just like when Jerry Seinfeld says when he was doing comedians in cars, yeah. getting coffee, they told him, everybody told him, Google and whoever else said, oh, you can't make a video over two or three minutes. No one's going to watch it. Well, he's Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, of course he can. So, yeah, <laughs> yes, he can. But so for us, we said, you know, we can't have these videos be longer than two or three minutes. Mm. And we would talk to people and these interviews would run an hour, hour and a half. Wow. And then... So my nephew would take all the footage and we were doing things outside and we didn't have the level of equipment for that. Yep. Mm. So we did this great interview in Providence with somebody. I'm not going to say who it was. And I was all excited. We were going to launch with this in the fall. And it was uh, beginning of October. And my niece went in to edit it and she says, oh, we're in trouble. You can hear buses in the background. You can hear horns. Oh, no. You can hear this, the traffic, blah, blah, blah. So she had to go in and kind of fix it. Mm. But she was spending, I want to tell you, and she's, you know, she's great. She's very talented, self-taught. You know, we had Final Cut Pro. She was going in and spending, I want to tell you, eight hours to make one video. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. And, you know, we didn't realize. So mm. when I launched, it was, I, I want to say maybe seven or eight videos. And then after that, I said, you know what? I, I'm pivoting and mm. I'm going to just, you know, have, uh, you know, text and photos mm. and I just can't, I can't maintain this, you know, video. And then to put it up on a site, people don't realize too, you can't just throw it up on your site. You have to run it through like another app mm -hmm. and then it has Gotta to get be compressed. Yeah. And yeah. It's size just, and, no. and then there's like the, and I think this is changing a lot uh, as far as like perception goes. Uh, but there's this idea, like you said, it should be like, oh, two to three minutes. And that's what mm -hmm. everybody said. And same mm -hmm. thing, you know, just Seinfeld doing the comedians in cars and, uh, you know, it's just not true anymore. 
Like there's this thing that I think a lot of like, you know, let's call it like corporate media or mainstream media, like thinks that people don't have an attention span. Mm -hmm. Like, oh no, it has to be short. And then, well, they're used to also when you have a half an hour show, it's not really half an hour. It's like 21 minutes mm -hmm. and 20 seconds or whatever. And you have to mm -hmm. cut because you have to make for commercial breaks and all these things. Right. But you know, the biggest, you know, we happen to be on a podcast. So talk about podcasts. Mm -hmm. They took off because it's just unedited. Well, some of them are edited and well-produced and their stories. And, but a lot of the interview ones, like you get to actually have an interview and talk mm -hmm. to somebody and get to know them. And, you know, uh, I, I bring it up way too much, but like Rogan's one of the biggest uh, podcasts on the planet and his podcasts go four hours <laughs> like, and people listen to the whole thing. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. the attention spans aren't as short as we think they are. Everybody wants some stuff like, you know, Instagram reels and stuff do well because yeah. you can <clears throat> sit and just kind of mindlessly scroll. And like, you know, that's good mm -hmm. for certain things. But mm -hmm. then when you want to actually engage, the longer form content seems to be more engaging. For people. No, you're right. It's a good point. Because even some of the ones that I listen to, I'll notice they're an hour. Mm. And it seems yeah. to fly by. And then totally. you are left wanting more. You'll say, mm -hmm. oh, I wish, you know, they had gotten to this or yep. that topic. I skip over some podcasts if they're, you know, like if I go to like my library and there's a new podcast and it's like 32 minutes. I'm like, that's not enough time i need a longer podcast yeah right, right i right. mean there's so there's one um i listen to it's a big the company you know speaking of the fact that i have two vegetarians sitting in front of me <laughs> there's a company called meat eater they do a lot of hunting and conservation related stuff but it's mm. cool because it's a lot of like it's not all just hunting it's mm. a, they talk about you know endangered species acts and you know uh what's going on in the world and all this kind of stuff so there's one called like cal's week in review which is only like 25 minutes tops um but it's made to be like almost like old school news mm. where it's just like this and then this and then this. And you get to just kind of get your facts about the thing in an entertaining way. And then it's boom, done. Mm. And I'm like, that's probably the only one I listen to that's that quick. Everything else is at least an hour, if not yeah. more. Mm. I like longer ones. I feel like you can't really get into anything. Like even us right now, like we've been talking what? 53 minutes and it feels like we haven't even like i know dived in dove in what's the right I my know. brain's I, I, not i working. heard an argument about that the other day whether what? it was dived or dove or do or whatever we haven't even gotten into like it feels like i mean we have we've talked about so much stuff but it feels like even at this point there's a gajillion things to talk about like it's, oh yeah it's so crazy how that 100%. agree i well i didn't realize it feels like uh 10 or 15 minutes Isn't yeah, it weird? Exactly. <laughs> it's weird and i think too ever since um covid you know, having those, like having personal conversations with people, having them in person and being able to see their body language mm -hmm. and hear their voice and see their mannerisms. I feel like there's like, I mean, I know me personally, I miss that so much over mm -hmm. like the work from home, not being able to leave. So for me, I just being able to sit here and have conversations with cool people. I'm like, let's make them last forever. I don't well, ever want that's them to the, end. What's missing from most um online conversation yeah so stuff like twitter and facebook is you know it's real easy to say something mean to somebody when you don't have to look them in the eye mm, absolutely it, totally. you don't get to have that conversation and see mm. you can tell in person when somebody's joking mm. or when they're being serious yeah. or whatever even on a medium like this where say you uh, i say something uh and it was just a spur of the moment thing and it popped into my head and mm. one of you is like what are you talking about? Yeah. And we can like work our way through it. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. It's not like a little clip of something that was designed mm -hmm. to be like provocative. You actually yeah, get right. the whole story. There's context. Do yeah, you, exactly. um, yeah. being a blogger and, and being an influencer, do you ever have to do with like trolls or mean oh, yeah. people? 
Oh yeah, I mean, I have to tell you, this happened to me recently. I I you know put up a lot of blogs on mm. uh, my Facebook business page, and I said, oh, there's a comment. Oh, there's another comment. Let me see what it is. And I had made a little a little boo boo, a little spell, uh, a little spelling error, error. Instead of peak, I had spelled it in terms of like peak summit, and not like take a peek, take yeah. a look. So this person went on and put peak, and I said. Oh, okay. Not that I don't appreciate the correction. I'm not saying that yeah, I yeah. can't take a correction or, or take criticism. Can't those people DM but, you though? Like, yeah. hey, just want to let you know, like yeah, you misspelled something. Or, yeah. Like, don't don't call it out. Like, it's almost like it's like a gotcha moment. Yeah, they're the superiority police. Going yeah, on. I don't. Yeah. That's that's happened to us on our on our social media pages mm -hmm. too before. It's like people oh, are waiting mm -hmm. for something to be spelled wrong mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. using like the wrong grammar or whatever. And I'm like, listen. First of all, autocorrect sometimes does things without. Exactly. And you can't even, it's not your fault. It happens on my phone all the time, too. Totally. Where yeah. They sort of, autocorrect hates me, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, we put out magazines, obviously, thousands and thousands yeah. of magazines. Volume, the volume of. And of you're gonna, doesn't matter how up. arbitrary or innocuous something mm -hmm. is, somebody's gonna be mad about it. You could say, you know, uh, uh, most people love chocolate. And somebody's gonna be like, "Chocolate killed my grandfather." And right, you're right, like, right, right, right. Come oh, on, I, man! <laughs> like, I, I get it, but so I have to tell you, I was doing photos in Newport last year with Lisette, yeah, and she introduced me to this little neighborhood, and I said, "Oh, I'm gonna write a blog about it because this is perfect for like if somebody is, you know, in in Newport and they want to walk a dog or they mm -hmm. want to just, you know, do their own photos with a phone or whatever." So I I had all these pictures that she had taken, which I included, and I wrote something up about it and i and i um did additional research online because i said oh i don't want to make a mistake because i'm not from newport yeah. so i said mm -hmm. i just want to make sure i have all my ducks in a row well don't you know <laughs> put it up on the blog and shared it to i'm you know my twitter facebook i probably had it up in instagram stories uh linkedin everything i i, I tend to share everywhere just to kind of get the word out different people are on mm -hmm. different platforms next thing i know i am being bombarded with, for the most part, all these people saying, "Oh, you know, why are you writing about this? That's that's not the that's not the name of the neighborhood, or it's also this neighborhood you're referring to." People people are going to be confused. Basically, saying like, "Why are you inviting people to come here?" Oh, geez, <laughs> you can't win. It's like and you I can't said, win. Okay, but I and I and. In the past, I would have said, I'm not going to leave these negative comments up. But you know what I did? I left them up on the site. And I mm. said, if other people see them, mm -hmm. I just want to have full, you know, transparency yeah. going forward. Well, oh, then and other people are like, wow, these guys, uh, you know, don't want us to go there so bad. It must be great. Yeah, right. right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> it must be really, really good. Yeah, I think um, what you were saying before, too, Nick, is like, if you had said to someone like, oh, this is the, like the blog I wrote. It's about this town and blah, 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 blah. Even if that person strongly was like oh that's not what it's called or whatever they would never like to your face be like you can't do this you can't put this up because it's just like you're your own person you mm -hmm. are exploring you're bringing and it's celebrating I'm that's what i mean celebrating yeah. all these and you're bringing attention around, around yep. the city mm -hmm. people are going to come in and they're going to support the different neighborhoods and towns mm -hmm. you know they'll they'll buy coffee they'll frequent the businesses yeah, and hopefully you know getting buy that lunch or dinner that's what i mean like having a small business and and being able to draw attention to that i mean me being from providence 
all of the stuff that I see that's not in Providence, I get from a, a place like Patty J or Buns and Bites or whatever, like these, you know, uh, pages that highlight these small businesses. And it's like, if it weren't for you, who knows how many people would go there? Mm-hmm. And, and you're, mm-hmm. some people just can't be happy for other people. They also want, so, and I understand this to a degree. Uh, you find it's it's like when you are the one that found that indie rock band that nobody's heard about yet, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and you and you love them, yes, and yes, then when yes. they go mainstream, you're like, you don't know who they are. Yeah. That's my band. You weren't like, there from the start. But if you find like your cute little uh, cafe that's not that mm-hmm. busy, and you can get your work done, and then somebody goes and blows it up on Instagram, and all of a sudden you have to find a new cafe. Like yeah. I understand the frustration. But uh-huh. that's you. I get it. Selfish. Both sides. Being I selfish. can see both sides. I, I, no, and like, I do see being it. Being selfish isn't necessarily a bad thing all the time. But yeah. like, you know, it maybe that business is a little better off getting more business. <laughs> you know, I do see that. I I just watched uh, recently that Anthony Bourdain documentary. Oh, I haven't Road seen Runner. it yet. Oh, I'm, I'm trying I, to see it. I want to watch it again. But there's a scene where he's in Italy in this little restaurant that, again, it's not it's off the beaten path, if you mm-hmm. will. It's not some place that a, a, a tourist or tours would go. Mm-hmm. And he says to the person he's with, uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to reveal where we are. Mm-hmm. because I don't want this place to be overrun. He's like, yep. do you want this place to get overrun with people? Because I mean, his, I mean, there's no comparison. And obviously I'm not, you know, even close to, you know. Are you claiming you're Anthony Bourdain? Right. <laughs> you can be Rhode Island's Anthony Bourdain. I think that works. So silly. Anyway, but yeah, that's that same yeah. idea where, oh, only I'm sorry, you know, RIP Anthony Bourdain, but I am going to release, we don't know where the restaurant is. Yeah. Because that's yeah. what people, 100%. you know, that's what people are looking for mm-hmm. from me. That's what they want. And that's, you know, that's what I'm here for. Well, it's yeah. also not easy to find a lot of those good resources for that kind of thing. Mm. So like, you know, if I go somewhere, uh, my idea of a vacation is typically like, you know, I, I like to, so I went to like the Pacific Northwest and I had a camper van and we just, you know, went around and we explored different places and I don't want to do those quick hit like, oh, we're in this place for one day and then this mm. other place for one day mm-hmm. and you get to see the, I don't want the tourist traps. I want to like spend a week mm. in the town. Mm-hmm. Really and, immerse yourself. Yeah. Get to know it like a local knows it. And like, that's how you really get to know an area is to spend that much time in there and not mm-hmm. just hit the tourist traps. Mm-hmm. I think too, in large part to people like you, Patty, and um, other you know influencers in our state, but worldwide. Because I remember when I was growing up, we never went to like local businesses. If we went out to dinner, we went to like Applebee's or mm-hmm. like whatever. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's this whole new sense of, obviously like shop small, mm-hmm. but also there's people putting attention on these small businesses because now I, I can't even tell you the last time I went to like a chain restaurant. Right. Definitely. Definitely. And I think that's because, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, obviously, like we said, RIP Anthony Bourdain, like he didn't name that small business, but like because the people here in our state, at least, and I, I'm assuming um, nationwide, because you're naming those small businesses, now that's the thing. Going to small business and, and spending your money there and helping your community is now like the thing to do. And I think those businesses really appreciate Mm -hmm. someone like you coming in and highlighting their, you know, their menu or, or the wares that they make. Um, because that's, you are their bread and butter. You're bringing attention to them. You're, you know, showing someone like me who might not know about this small town or small neighborhood in Newport, all the cool places I can Mm -hmm. see now. 
I mean, I've had a lot of good feedback. Mm. And if anything, I have to say, I, I'm a little bit shy when it comes to actually going into a place and saying, <laughs> hey, I'm Patty J. I really don't do that. And like, I was recently somewhere with Karen and she said, are you going to introduce yourself to the owner? And I said, nope. Nope. And oh. we just left. And I said, well, you know, that's, I probably should. And sometimes mm. I do. My husband, if he's with me, he'll say, Oh, hi, you know, we're from Patty J. Yeah. He'll have my business card and he'll do it. Yeah. But I'm still a little bit shy when it comes to that. But I just put something up about um a bakery in uh West Warwick that we went to and the yep. and I tagged the business and you know, the owner messaged me and said, Oh, thank you so much. Mm. I really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And then she shared it to her stories. I mean, I didn't have an in-person conversation with her, but we mm. had like a, a really good experience there. And mm -hmm. it's a it's an emerging business. Yep. And I'd love to see, you know, more little like boutique, you know, yep. restaurants or diners. Mm -hmm. She's right on that uh, in that main little area, Arc Arctic yep. in West mm -hmm. Warwick. And I feel like there's, you know, so much, you know, room there for, you know, just new entrepreneurs. Mm. So Yeah, well, I mean, um, small business, like we talk about small businesses sometimes, like they're the exception. Uh, and I actually had to just fact check myself before I said something. I was, I was <laughs> live fact checking. I was over over here uh, googling away for a second. Um, yeah, it, in the United States, ninety nine point seven percent of all of the businesses in the country are small businesses. Yay! So wow. that is like. I wonder what it was like ten years ago. What that uh, number was? Yeah, I don't know. But the thing is, like most of it's like the you know the whole argument of like oh the one percent like I'm not always on that page, mm. but in that case the places we think of as being these billion dollar conglomerates and we're like, Oh yeah, they take over the world and they're mm -hmm. everywhere. And like, that is the businesses in the state, in the country, but it's really not. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. granted they were the ones that were allowed to be the, 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 the essential businesses, but mm -hmm. everybody else had to close mm -hmm. during this past mm -hmm. couple of years. But, yeah. um, we're not the the small businesses are harder to keep afloat and mm. all of those things, but they're not sure. the little guy when they band together. Yeah, uh, and I think yeah. what we were saying before about the pandemic, I think people, small businesses, especially influencers, bloggers, they realize like, hey, when we work together, when we collaborate, when we do pop ups here, when we mm -hmm. offer a special thing here and do it together, there's enough honey in the pot for everyone. We just have to work smarter, not harder, I guess. I mean, there was a lot of that too. I have to say, uh, myself, and you know, a lot of a lot of other bloggers, mm. local bloggers, who were teaming up with different restaurants and other small businesses mm -hmm. and doing things during the pandemic. Whether it was giveaways mm -hmm. or yep. just a lot of you know different promotion online, mm -hmm. and I feel like at that point, you know, we knew we realized, hey, we've got to make sure that we keep the spotlight on. Yeah these these places yep. and just yeah. let people know hey you know you can't go there's no indoor dining but you can still do uh take out mm -hmm. or carry out or bring a blanket yeah. sit outside yep. sit it you know go to a, Absolutely. Do a picnic whatever yeah so yeah i think i, I just i'm really pr and i think too being from such a small state and having such a strong you know i feel like i don't know if other people who aren't in our state know how big our small business in our like, you know, local restaurant and our cuisine scene. I didn't mean to rhyme there, but it's so big <laughs> and it. it's thank you. <laughs> it's so big and it's so um awesome. But it really is because of the support of the community and everyone working together and everyone, you know, 
banding together, especially during the last two years that have been so like crazy and hard. And, you know, a lot of um, small businesses, even though they are successful, they're giving back to the community mm -hmm. and they're, um, you know, I, I, I just think that it's it's really cool being part of this, this small state in this, you know, community. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of energy here, mm. a lot of exciting, a lot of exciting stuff mm. for lack of a better word. But, you know, we're very lucky and I've I've gone to different uh, places and they just uh, there isn't that same, you know, um, connectivity mm. and sort of supportive uh, network. And even just as far as the food, I mean, people come to, you know, Providence mm -hmm. and Rhode Island and they are here specifically, they have like their, their wish list of, yeah. oh, I want to go here for this and I want to get pizza from here and I want to mm -hmm. grab dinner there. So it's definitely that, you know, tourism mm -hmm. slash food or foodie, for lack of a better word, connection too. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. And people forget, and it's easy to forget that like Newport was like the vacation destination mm. for like mm -hmm. ever. Like, and that's mm -hmm. what, well, that's, there's a reason that there's the mansions in Newport. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A mm -hmm. lot of rich people <laughs> wanted to be there. Right, right. She's not in Newport. She's right. in a, what, watch, uh, like watch those but whatever. Historical uh, mansions existed mm. because that was like the it place mm -hmm. to go mm -hmm. and to be. And it's also easy to forget that, you know, we're one of the original 13 colonies. This state. We has, rock. The state has been here a <laughs> We've been here uh, since the beginning of the country. You know, there's a lot of history. There's a lot of mm -hmm. um, a lot of things to be proud of here. Definitely. Um, and we have, for such a small state, we probably have an outsized amount of pride, but I think it's well deserved. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a lot of history. I was just talking to somebody, and they were saying they went on the, um, it was a ghost tour, but it was on the gondolas. Yep. Oh, the gondolas that's cool. Providence. That's the twist. I know that, mm. that is it uh, Providence ghost tour? Yeah. Because mm -hmm. they'll do the tours and that's a lot of, you know, history. Yep. They had, those guides are very well versed. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing where I've taken that tour a few times. I partnered with them. And then another time I, I, I got tickets with a good friend of mine. And again, you learn so much. I, you just, you know, that you didn't know growing up here. We didn't, we didn't, I mean, I went to school in the seventies and eighties in Providence. I went to uh, mostly public school, but we didn't learn a lot of uh, local history. Yeah. And, and the, our state is full of it. It's yeah. There's just so much, so much history. But... So I take it you're not afraid of ghosts if you went on a ghost tour willingly. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I had to ask. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm curious. Okay. Yeah. Not to say I wouldn't completely flip out if I came, actually came face to face with someone. <laughs> did you, when you yeah. went on the ghost tour, did you experience? I I absolutely refuse. I'm sorry to any time anyone ever asks me to go on a ghost tour or to a haunted house. I will never say yes. So I'm oh. so curious. Did you like experience anything paranormal or? I didn't, but but there was a sort of vibe. A vibe. I mean, we were on foot. On the east side. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> Don't tell me that. <laughs> you know, Benefit Street. And you know the history with the um, the Providence. I always mispronounce it. Is it Athenaeum? Yep. Yeah. The Athenaeum. Yeah, the, the history of that with Paul and... Oh, who it's so the, creepy. Who was Sarah? Who was the... Um, oh, uh... uh they they were engaged. Was it Paul? It was Edgar Allan Paul. He was briefly engaged oh, to her, but I think she broke it off and... Her, ha her house is still there. Oh, geez. 
yeah, we had the HP Lovecraft history, which HP, now isn't yeah. all great, but <laughs> but uh, it's, it isn't all Halloween wise. It's, it's yeah, it's interesting, it's creepy and right. scary, and yeah, yeah I, I'm I'm oh god. Well, those house, I mean, some of the houses on the east side, like like I was just saying, that Rhode Island's very old, mm. and you know, uh, some of the houses on the east side have been there for, God, a couple hundred years, if not. When more. I moved into my old house, I had someone come and like make sure there was no weird energy Did in you it. Sage it. Oh yeah, I hired yeah. someone to do it. I wasn't gonna do it. Yeah, I was I gonna do it wrong. Yeah. They came in. Mm -hmm. Her name was Grace. She's not from Rhode Island. She's from Salem, Mass. But it oh. felt fitting. Yeah. She so came in and she. You didn't she, fool around. You I went right. did not fool around. <laughs> you she literally was at my house for three hours. No. Yeah. yeah. I don't blame you. I would do the same thing. I feel like it you was, have to be proactive when it comes. And I'm not taking any <laughs> when chances. It comes to ghosts. I'm not taking any. Well, and the issue is, is when you buy a house, they don't let you like sleep in the house for a night before you decide you're going to buy it. Like you buy a house if you slept there and it, it all of a sudden is like haunted with a bunch of ghosts. What are you going to do? You can't like. You can't back out. There's only so anyway. She came. She like did her thing. And honestly, I'm a big. I don't like. I'm not super um, religious or spiritual. Like I'm not really in any of those sort of like categories. But if you believe it, I believe that you believe it. So I'm all in on you. Mm -hmm. So if she came in my house and she was like, "Listen, this is the energy I feel. This is mm -hmm. the thing that happened." Da 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 da. She gave me like a whole write up on. Like the stuff that she huh. that happened, and honestly, well, I always say my house is like my dream house. It's like the perfect little house. Mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, I wasn't taking, I was not taking any chances on that hundred year old house with that creepy basement. That's kind of so. I'm like, complete. Like I don't believe in anything, any of that <laughs> stuff. I think it's entertaining and it's fun and yeah. it's cool to get into. I love that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I'm along those same lines of like, I don't usually say anything about it because it's like most of your life is based on your perception of reality so yeah. if it means something to you like who am i to tell you that? exactly who am i, I to tell care. you it's not and like if you really like if this woman I mean, unless it's like if you're so scared to do something <laughs> because of that <laughs> i might try to, to talk you house? out of it but no like this woman grace like i don't know what her well no i know a lot about her obviously like i did research and stuff but like i can't whether i can tell you with my 100 percent certainty if everything worked or didn't work, I can't, but I can say I believed her. She was, she was yes. so kind and very welcoming and, and her, you know, her presence just felt like very warm. And I was like, listen, girl, if anyone's going to take the ghost out of this house, it's going to be you and I will let you do it. Thank you very much. And now we've had no issues. Well, good. Knock I'm, on wood. Is there any wood to, in this house? In this, glad to hear. In this house. Knock on. Yeah, that's wood, right? Yeah. Just I in mean, case. I grew up in an old house in, in Providence. Yeah. I, it wasn't was it, haunted, but I, I think that you always wonder, you know, what happened in the mm -hmm. house before, you know, we lived there, the history. Was it how old? Do you, do you know how old the house was? I really don't. Mm. I really don't. My grandfather bought it. Um, mm. And then, like I said, he passed it on to my aunt and mm -hmm. then my, my parents. And, and someone uh, owned it before he did if he yes, bought it. Yep. So yep. it was probably older. The, yeah, the house, house was probably uh, older. The house I grew up in as a kid was... Um, one of the it wasn't historically protected, but it was one of the Slater Mill houses. Oh, so it was a pretty old house. Like a mill, like a mill mill. No, so one of the like um, one of the houses for the mill. So like where workers lived. Oh, okay. So it wasn't uh, like the place where they were like 
accidentally no, like, that was chopping right up the off road, their fingers. Yeah. I mean, we were on the water and stuff. But. Well, when before we bought our house, we were considering living in like a like a mill building. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if I'm just like, well, I am afraid. like I'm, ghosts of like little kids. I'm afraid of there. everything. Child labor. <laughs> I'm afraid of my own shadow. Yeah. So whenever we would take a tour of the apartments, I'd be like, oh, it's so beautiful. Like, it's so nice. And I was like, hold on. If I ever have to come home and it's dark in this hallway and I can't see anything, mm -hmm. I feel like this is going to be bad, bad, bad. Well, no, you know that. At least you knew that before you, yeah. you know, committed <laughs> to anything. Before I signed a two-year yeah. yeah, on the opposite way. Like, uh, I'd be like, how cheap is it to be here? <laughs> oh, you mean there's ghosts that ghosts? actually live in the house? Oh, That's well, cool. Is it, is it cheap? All right. 50% right, off? Deal. Do you in um, Cranston? Do you live in a, a apartment, a home, an old home, a new home? It's a it's a single family. Mm. It's I guess compared to what we're talking about here, it's a relatively uh, new, <laughs> new, new. Yeah, it's um. Do you so you grew up in an older home? I grew up in an old house, big yep. family, yeah, big Italian Irish family, very yep. loud. But no go, uh, no loud a lot ghosts going on. No ghosts. Uh, maybe we we scared them all away. My family, when we it's get possible. together, we're very loud and. Uh, That's awesome. Do you yeah. guys still do like um like do are you all together for holidays and like all that good stuff? Mostly, yeah. yeah. You know, it's um it's it's tough with everybody because now you know my brothers for the most part and my sister they all have their own mm. you know families and we do. Uh, tend to get together for Thanksgiving. My nice. sister does a lot of hosting, you know, pre-pandemic and all that. Yeah. My sister sort of took over the hosting duties because I don't cook and her yeah. house is pretty suited for that. So. No one wanted jelly beans on Thanksgiving. Yeah, like, nobody wants toast and popcorn <laughs> yeah, and pretzels. It's, it's funny because as like, I remember growing up, we, you know, we would spend holidays with all, our whole family. But mm. the issue is, is that when like the grandkids start getting older and they mm. start getting having partners and having kids. It's like no one has the room for it's, everybody. It's a lot of people. Yeah. It's Just so many people. My immediate family, I want to say uh, is 40 people. And Jeez. that's probably even my on the God. low side because now all the, you know, the grandchildren, the my nieces and nephews, and they're, yep. ha they're having kids. And, and who has space married? for 40 people to sit and enjoy dinner? Right. It's right. impossible. There's no way. There's you like no the way. old old school house with like the big farm table mm -hmm. or something. That would be so cool. Benches on either side. Oh, I would love that. The Waltons. Yeah, yeah. We'll put. Well, we could set one up outside, like those farm table dinners that play, places do oh now. Oh my god. Those yeah, are cool, my actually. Yeah, well, actually, my best friend got married a month ago or a month and a half ago, and for their honeymoon, they they did one of those farm table things. Oh, and I the, like that. It was like the table was. He sent me a picture. The table was like a mile long. <laughs> there was like a hundred seats on either side. It was outside. It was all like. You know the food, like the vegetables came from that farm, and mm -hmm. it was it was so cool. Mm -hmm. Seems like the perfect Thanksgiving dinner. Very insta worthy. I know. Oh, yeah. I see like a little bit of cocktails. Yeah, they're always oh, involved my God. in those sort of farm dinners yep. with the table and mm -hmm. everything's all decorated. Looks so pretty. Do you have any? So obviously, this you know we're recording, and then this will be released later. But we're in towards the end of October now. Do you have any exciting plans for your blog or just personally for like the holidays? I'm going to be doing stuff with my family, mm. I'm sure, because of, you know, the way things have progressed. I mean, we're all vaccinated. Yeah. And um, so. You can enjoy each other's yeah, company I mean, and have fun. Yeah. My mom has a, a big birthday coming up in November. She's going to be 92. Oh, my God. Happy so. birthday, Patty J's mom. <laughs> That's so awesome. Jilda, so yes, yeah, so we'll be getting her birthday's around um, Thanksgiving, so I'm sure you know we'll be getting together for that. Mm. 
most of the family will be around. It's again hard to keep tabs because I know. there's so many people. We're scattered. And also yeah. like scattered. time is just flying. Like I mm-hmm. swear it was October first yesterday. Yeah, I had no idea. And now it's the 20th. day earlier and I was like, oh my I god, I can't believe 20th? it. It's crazy. Yeah. Like it's gonna be, you know, Christmas and Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and New Year's, like before we know it, we're gonna blink and it's gonna be here. It's nuts. It's true, it'll be the new year. It's crazy. Yeah. I can't believe it. I mean, I'm always on the lookout for for different things. I like to do stuff if I can outside. Mm. I mean, last year we did the um the igloos and gurneys. Ooh, that I was heard fun. that was so fun. That was really fun. And we did the um the ski gondolas at Ocean House. Mm-hmm. That was neat. We went early in the morning. I mean, it was a little bit uh, chilly, but it yeah. was something different. Yeah. yeah. So I'm always on the lookout for stuff like that. We'll see what pops up. Well, we'll be keeping track and, and seeing what you have going on on your on your page. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks. Yeah. Likewise. Yeah, right I mean, back at you. Got to keep keep us up to date. We'll have, have you keep putting together the uh, the the curated things to do as the well. Curated. With these different curated experience. Curated for the by road Patty Jay. Oh, we <laughs> That's love it. it. Yeah, Patty you can Jay. look for her. Um, by the time that this is released, our holiday guide will probably out, so you can look yep, for a bunch of fudge mm-hmm. from Patty J and all the places you can get it. Yeah, if you can uh, find a copy, you of can the, find a copy. The holiday guide, they go quick. <laughs> they go quick. You know, they do. It's very true. I know. I've I searched and searched a few times, mm. and then you guys were like, "Come to the office. You might have an extra copy here." Yeah, but it's very true. People scoop those up. It's crazy. The, like we go through. I whenever someone asks where to get them, I always direct them to either Seven Stars or Dave's, and the mm-hmm. reason is is because there's locations all around the state. True, true. And they always have like a good amount of copies mm-hmm. because I just like sometimes you just can't. They go so fast. Yeah, Dave's and uh, places like Seven Stars get the highest like concentration of them, mm. um, and they go through a ton. Uh, but it's I mean, nuts. we go through, we print twenty five thousand copies of that, oh. and we go through them. Holy moly! They, they're pretty much off every shelf before the end of the month. Yeah, it's, cra- uh, it's oh, crazy. It's yeah. crazy. So, I I shop at Eastside Market and. Um, they always have our magazines, and it's funny whenever I go, it's it's like I can keep my own tabs on how many copies are being taken because I go there every week mm-hmm. to get, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. groceries, and I go one week and, you know, all the stacks are there, and then I go the next week and I see, like, three left, and I'm like, yeah, girl, take those copies. Yeah. Read our magazine. I, I got to say, I've also gotten some great feedback. You know, there's a lot of, I think people still have a lot of respect and love for print. Mm. I mean, a lot of what Agreed. I do is obviously uh, online only, but... You know, I've had people, you know, through people in my family or either directly say, oh, I saw Patty. Aww. I saw her article in Hey Roadie. Yay. And it really, it's, it means a lot to people. Yeah. They still want, there's still that want and that need to have, you know, that. Uh, the tangible uh, thing. Yes. Yeah. You can hold it. it makes you a can difference. hang it up. You can hug it. <laughs> you can cherish it as your own forever. And, and it's recyclable. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's yeah. not bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if we made it out of like, I don't know, what's not recyclable? I don't know. Styrofoam? Yeah. The whole magazine's made of styrofoam. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's very hard to read. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Don't leave it out in the rain. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're they're not the easiest thing to to find unless you kind of get out there when yeah. they're when they go mm-hmm. out. Uh, but that's a pretty good problem to have, I think, for us. It means that people like them and uh the content we're putting out is worth doing. And uh you're part of that uh content creation. i know so. patty thank, well, thank you. you thank and, you guys for and anybody who to be involved good and if anybody who needs a copy of hey roadie but can never find it we do offer a subscription i just have we to do, plug yeah, that plug you up. can get it mailed mm-hmm. to your house um hop online there's a, a big old banner at the top of the websites all of our websites that you know lets you sign up for hey roadie or any of our other regional magazines and 
Um, all right, so let's wrap this bad boy up. Uh, uh, what's the best way to, to find you, Patty? You can find me always at Patty J, P-A-T-T-Y, the letter J dot com. Uh, I'm always on Instagram, too, and you can reach me there. I'm at Patty J, D-O-T-C-O-M. And you Very can always nice. find her awesome um, curated lists in our Hey Rody magazines as one of our fave contributors. We appreciate your hard work. Oh, thank you so much. You're welcome. I'm, yeah. I'm honored to be to be included. Great. And well, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Thank this you. was a lot of fun. Yay. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Sasha. It's really been uh, yeah, a lot of laughs. And uh, where'd the time go? Yeah, I know, exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah, we're almost at an hour and a half. Now. That's so crazy. Well, we'll hopefully we'll be back with you soon, Patty J. We'll have you on um sometime in the future. And until then, happy holidays and we'll see you guys soon. Happy holidays, everybody. Yeah, happy holidays. Take Thanks care. for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.